In the darkest depths of the Twist My Arm Network, there were three nerdy dudes. But they were no ordinary dudes. These dudes were Marvel fanboy dudes. They bleed Marvel. If there was ever a time for these three nerdy dudes to come out of the shadows and spew all their Marvel chunks, it was the year 2021. We are the Marvel Canon Madness Podcast. Hey, welcome back, you marvelous monsters, to another issue of Marvel Canon Madness. I'm your host, Chip. Josh isn't with us tonight. But it's all right. We got a guest host, and we also have our forever host, Roy, with us. Hello. Hail and well met, adventurers. <laughs> hey, what up, buddy? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Uh, it's been an interesting week. I released yeah. uh, my first episode of the Intrepid DM Journeys. Yeah, uh, show that. I'm, show that. Yeah, it's a podcast about... Dungeon Masters for tabletop role-playing games. So it, it's been a great week. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I'm. it's going to be great going forward. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Excellent, excellent. We also have a guest host with us tonight, one of my former co-workers, Sarah, who uh, says that she enjoys some Marvel comics, and we figured we'd have her on because, unfortunately, Josh could not be here tonight. So how are you doing tonight, Sarah? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. We, uh, we love a good guest. We always, uh, we always enjoy having people guest. Roy actually started yeah. as a guest, but we decided to keep him because he did an all it's, right job. It's because I'm <laughs> he pretty. Took over. It is because he's pretty. It's the mm -hmm. big beard. <laughs> that's, that's what people say when they, when they see me. It's, it's all about the beard. That's what they say. That's what they say. So we've got a <laughs> brand new issue here tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the most recent two episodes of Marvel's What If. Uh, we got the zombie episode. We also got an excellent little uh, What If Killmonger Saved Stark episode. Uh, I got to say, Stark does not have a good time in any of these What If episodes. No, He's just not he... meant to live. I mean, like... He just can't live. Go. Yeah, having a rough go of it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, after we talk, what if we're going to break down Shang-Chi? Uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to have a lot of fun talking about it. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, what did you think about it, Roy? Oh, you know, well, it was kind of on my pirated cut. No, <laughs> yeah. I went to the theaters. It was it was great. I kind of wish I had gone and saw it in IMAX or 3D. Uh, yeah. I think the visuals would have been ten times better. They were they were really good special effects, really mm -hmm. good fight scenes. Uh, how about you, Sarah? Did you enjoy Shang Chi? It was honestly probably the best origin story that Marvel's put out for their cinematic universe. I think that the cultural aspect was phenomenal and kind of like what Roy was saying, the fight choreography was like some of the most polished that I mm. think they've ever put out. I just, it was so smooth. That bus scene though, that was fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. 
That was a better right, two, fight scene on a bus than Richard Garfield gave. Andrew Garfield gave us. <laughs> Richard. Yeah. Richard Garfield. That, is that the guy that made Magic the Gathering? Is that can I was? can I just say that Simu uh, Lee? Uh, I believe it's Simu Liu. Yeah. Liu. Simu mm-hmm. Liu. I'm sorry. Um, oh, you're good. That guy is no joke. I mean, his no. core. The the fact that they actually took you know behind the scenes of him doing his own choreography and stuff. No, he did a, a lot of his own stunts, I believe is what was reported mm-hmm. was that right there. That puts him top tier actor in my, in my book, anyone who does their own stunts, you know, agreed they... for sure. For sure. Whew. Well, we will break all of that down. Um, any news? Any new Marvel news going on? Uh, the only thing that I heard was uh, just more Andrew Garfield's talking about how he's not in the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, so mm. there were some set photos and an actual set yeah. video of him on the set. And in uh, 4K. Of course, yeah, yeah. They're in 4K, but he says they're photoshopped. So they photoshopped video of him in 4K. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive to the photoshoppers. I say Marvel should probably just give them a job then. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, I totally take him at his word. He definitely is not in this movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not like he's got any Oscars or Emmys to, you know, throw out there to his acting. So it's not that great of an actor. Nah. Nobody. Nah, Nobody will nobody's that it. good. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I don't know, just more confirmation. It's definitely going to be, the new Spider-Man is going to be so fantastic. Just mm. Mm, mad Benedict, fun, mad fun. Uh, I can never say. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah, I can never say his last name properly on the first try. You got to give me two. But um, he has even said that Spider-Man is the most... Um, aspiring movie it's like the there's another word for ambitious the most ambitious movie he superhero movie he's ever seen uh next to dr strange 2 that will be right after it and then everyone will think that spider-man wasn't as great so i mean it's bold claim i mean i'd say fans are eating this year (laughs) yeah absolutely Man, I'm really, really excited for that. I'm really excited for Venom 2. God, all the trailers for that look fantastic. Uh, Super stoked to see Carnage. It looks like they're going to do him justice. It's kind of exactly what I would want from Carnage. Like the little shot where his suit bleeds into the symbiote. Golden. Mm -hmm. It's stoked. The visuals on that movie are ten times better than what we got with rubber suit venom in the late two thousands, early two thousands. I don't remember when Sam Raimi's Spider Man three came out. Oh yeah, no, that thing was uh, uh that was not my bag for Venom. It was not very well done. It was good for the time. I mean I gotta I guess like I really have to temper my distaste with the fact that 20 years ago I thought it was one of the best movies ever made so I mean it all just you know grain of salt and time like I don't think it stands up to the test of time 
we've gotten way too many better movies since then. Yeah. The, the, the direction that they've taken the Marvel cinematic universe has so far veered off that it makes those movies look like they were directed by a bunch of college students, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, for the time they were really good, but yeah, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? I mean, we're, we're now bringing Mark Hamill back as Luke Skywalker with deep, not deep fakes, but young de-aging and, we're doing the same thing with Alfred Molina. For sure, for sure. Uh, so, um, gosh, I was supposed to remind you about banners as well, Roy. Uh, there's a comment there from Jasmine. I'd love you to pop up on the screen if you could. Uh, the answer to why are there so many Spider-Mans is because Spider-Mans makes money. Uh he is one of the most profitable properties that Marvel owns. Uh, basically, Marvel uh, makes so much money off of Spider-Man and Wolverine that you will never see either of those characters permanently killed off. You will always see new reiterations of them. Uh, honestly, I'm surprised they haven't recast Wolverine and thrown him into a new movie already. They're, oh, they, they're going to do it. You know, yeah, They're, they're leaving money on the table because people are... It'd be the same thing as always. There, people are going to complain and be like, ah, oh no, I don't want to watch this because it's X actor, not Hugh Jackman. But they're still going to pay to go see it. And they're still going to be like, oh man, that was incredible. I never expected that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's why I'm always going to see more Spider-Mans. <laughs> Pretty soon we'll get Miles. Like, they've got to give Miles a standalone movie soon. He's a really popular character in the comics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I think No Way Home, if they do the multiverse, that would be a really good way to introduce him because they do have to kill Peter Parker for Miles to become Spider-Man. Uh, and Miles was originally from the Ultimate Spider-Man series, uh, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, he was from uh, Ultimate, I believe, first. Yeah, the ultimate universe. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah. the ultimate universe, if you haven't read it, and you go and read it, just be well aware that the ultimate universe of Marvel Comics is extremely graphic <laughs> compared to other comics. Yeah, uh, don't bring your kids. <laughs> yeah, uh, just for a like small synopsis... Uh, Hulk is a cannibal. <laughs> that tells yeah, you yeah. that tells you everything right there. And it's not just like uh, he does it randomly. No, Spoiler he rages. Alert. Hank he Pym doesn't... becomes a cannibal. <laughs> like... Yeah, there's there's all kinds of weird stuff that happens in the Ultimate series. Man, they have like four different characters that become cannibals. Like, oh yeah, um, Pym. Blob, like oh my gosh, that wow! Nastasha Romanoff and uh, Tony Stark get married yeah. in that universe. Uh, they also release uh, Natasha to get back at Tony. Releases a sex tape <laughs> to ruin his public image and all that kind of stuff. It's it's really really weird. But I think I think we're supposed to be talking about what if. 
Yeah, I we think should probably, uh, we should probably delve into that. <laughs> well, I think we were going to get to that. This is all still part of the news. <laughs> oh, did, um, okay. I mean, did you see that Hawkeye trailer? Oh yes. Yeah. Word word. Ooh. Um. It looks like. Excuse me. Is she? Um. Is Sarah in right now? It looks like she said she it got she got kicked out for a second. It looks like she's backstage. Or is she in? There we go. All okay. Right. Sorry about that. Am I here? Sarah's Am I here? Back in with, yep, yep, you're here. Sorry about that. Us. Sorry about okay. that. Okay. Cool, <laughs> it's cool. okay. So uh, we were just saying the Hawkeye trailer was really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I dug it. I'm excited for it. They're pulling a lot from like the AHA Fraction storyline, which is one of my favorites. Uh, so I'm really stoked on that. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited for the Rogers the Musical. I want to see what they're <laughs> willing to show for that. That's literally what I said in our group chat. As soon as I saw that trailer, I was like, bruh, Rogers the Musical is my shish. Like, I'm um, excited for that. It's going to be so funny. So funny. Did you? I paused it to look at like all the actors that they have playing the Avengers. The costumes mm-hmm. are so campy. It's going to be so funny. Yeah. Uh, literally, Hulk is just green sneakers, purple pants, and a green hoodie. Uh, in some face paint. Yeah, I mean that that sounds like your typical high school production. So <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, now that you brought up Rogers the musical, people have been zooming in on Thor in that picture, <laughs> and people think that Chris Evans might secretly be cameoing as Thor in that. That I would live for that. That's incredible. Fitting. That would be great. <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> He's got a cameo in the Fantastic Four movie, though. He's got to do something. Just, uh, I mean, it's, it's just interesting to be like, callback that he was Johnny Storm. Yeah. Flame on. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because Chris Evans played Johnny Storm and then went on to do another role. And so did Michael B. Jordan. He also played Johnny Storm and then mm. went on to be a different role. That's right. I actually forgot about the reboot of Fantastic Four. That is totally cool. Everybody forgets about that. I am here to remind you. I am here to remind you that Michael B. Jordan is uh, Johnny Storm. Until they make a new one. But uh, Isn't that in the works? In theory. Yeah. I feel like they've announced it. Yeah. Um, That's really all the news that I had to talk about um i guess we'll start talking about what if uh episode five was zombies and i was really excited for zombies when they announced what if and i saw that they were gonna do a zombie episode uh Mm -hmm. i really like zombies i'm a big zombie fan uh love that genre so i've always liked the marvel zombies comics uh they have done a few different limited like limited run series and they're all they're all pretty good. So I was pretty stoked. I think I think each of these episodes is going to circle around. Um, I think they're actually... I don't know if there's actually an overarching story now. Like how we'd kind of bet that, you know, in the end, it's all going to come together. But I'm not 100% sure on that anymore. No, I don't but think so. But I... Because we're getting, what, 13, 14 episodes? Is it that? I think, that's what they said, yeah. I think that's what it said. 
And if that's the case, maybe all these are like two parters because a lot of these are just left at, you know, what was that? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, I was hoping for like a more satisfying conclusion to the zombie episode, but I mean, the ending was still pretty cool. It was just like, ugh, I wanted to see how it finished. Yeah, they that's pretty depressing ending cuz I feel like I know exactly how it's going to finish. Like there's no way they fight off zombie Thanos. Uh mm. I mean that that image that shot though, that ending shot, that was actually kind of like intimidating. It's Thanos but zombified with the Infinity <laughs> Gauntlet. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Cuz oh man, and it was so clever too because like yeah, Wakanda's the last safe place. Nobody can get through our shields. Except for Thanos and the Avengers aren't there to like help fight him off. Whoops. Man. Uh, and I do want to say the zombie. All right. Zombies. I wasn't a huge fan of the episode. Not a huge fan. Of it was okay. There was one point in that uh, in the episode that immediately got it at least above a seven for me. And that was Sharon Carter biting the dust because that bitch deserves it. <laughs> that bitch deserves it. Why? Because she's the power broker? I, oh, she man. lost me a bet. It's so she, I had to wear a Wonder Woman costume on stream because of that woman. Uh, I'm glad she bit the dust. That's great. The blonde bond. Oh, man. And it was... Uh, dude, her, her, her zombie death was pretty hardcore. Uh, she took, took hope with her, though. Mm. I don't know. What'd you think about Spider-Man's little uh, zombie apocalypse video? That was great. That was so funny. That yeah, that was that was a nice lead-in. It made me think of uh, there's been a few like, I guess like teen-leaning horror movies about mm -hmm. like random apocalypses in the last like mm. few years, and I feel like a lot of them have that like little trope to them where like the main character talks to his camera at one point it's like trying to be all casual about stuff like i feel like it started with zombie land oh yeah where he's going over like the rules of like the do's and don'ts to avoid getting eaten and stuff like that yeah yeah i feel like that really started it <laughs> and a lot of uh, other movies have like adopted that since well then. i mean that's that that's like what spider-man would do though that's what peter parker would do you know yeah, it fit perfectly definitely. with his character, and it was just like it was just the right amount of comedy that an episode that was pretty dark. It, it was like the perfect mm. amount of comedy for it. So it was yeah. pretty dark. I wanted to like I wanted to mention that like for a Disney Plus show, it was pretty uh, pretty rugged at times. Some mm -hmm. of these have some of these episodes yeah. have been. Um, I was that was something that kind of bothered me is when banner falls in and meets the meets up with spider-man and you find out that this has been going on for a while while he was gone you know it's like why aren't they wearing more protective gear they're still just wearing their normal outfits still wearing the spandex <laughs> yeah i mean it's not hard especially um peter's got access to tony stark stuff right at this point, he's got the normal suit. Uh, since Endgame didn't, or Infinity War didn't happen, because this would be during Infinity War, mm -hmm. he doesn't have the Iron Spider suit. 
but the iron spider suit exists. And he knows that because Tony showed it to him at the end of homecoming. That's true. It's like, why didn't you go get that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Don't they're they're trying to survive. Do you zombies. risk it? Yeah. Do yeah. you risk it? They they should immediately know. Get more padding. Get more hard surface gear that can't be bit through. Yeah. I mean, you're only going to run into one Steve Rogers with super strength jaws. You know. That is a good point, actually. Yeah. Right. Gear. Uh... Riot gear for the win if uh, mm -hmm. The Walking Dead taught us anything. Hmm. I feel and like that would have taken away from the aesthetics. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a comic book. All right. About superheroes. Do you really want your Spider-Man trudging around in an all-black Riot gear suit? <laughs> I want my Spider-Man looking like a badass in Riot gear swinging around just like full-on punching zombies. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it was comic accurate, though, Spider-Man would have been a zombie in this one. If you're going to be, yeah, if you're going to be smart, yeah, I don't know. You got to suspend the disbelief. Now, is this the, is this the spider, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but is this nope, the episode fine, that they, like, had to edit because it was too dark? Because didn't they have to go back and kind of fine-tune one of the episodes with Spider-Man in it? I'm not sure. Maybe. I think I remember reading a statement that, like, they had an episode that featured Spider-Man and his story. And I don't know if it was this one or if it's one that's, like, coming up. But I think it was, like, they had to edit it because of how dark it was. Like, the censors were not fans of it. So uh, I'm not it... sure if it was this one. But I just kind of remembered that since we're talking about Spider-Man swinging it around in riot gear. I mean, I could have seen this episode having... A lot more blood originally. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's possible. They might have had to tone that down. Not sure. Not sure. Um, Scott Lang, the reanimated head of Scott Lang. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> that was actually Paul Rudd, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think well, so. Th that was definitely a great callback to Futurama as well. Mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, I had the same vibe when he spun around. I was just like, oh, somebody give him some Torgo's executive powder. <laughs> I'm looking real quick to see who our cast was for episode mm. five. It's definitely that? Paul Bettany as the <laughs> vision. Mm. And then we had Sebastian for Bucky. Mm hmm. I know that Tom Holland didn't come back for Spider for uh, Peter Parker, though. I know that. No. And uh, T'Challa was played by Chadwick Boseman again. Yep. I know. Uh, it's, to him. it's so weird hearing his voice and knowing that he was filming all of this stuff with, like, pancreatic cancer. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I kind of feel like you could hear that in the, the Killmonger episode. Like, like the exhaustion? His voice sounded so much more strained at certain mm -hmm. points. It's just, it's really weird, like, hearing his voice and just thinking about, like, he's not here anymore. It's so weird to me still. It's just, like, I think it's just because, like, nobody 
knew that like nobody knew mm-hmm. no that dude was such a fantastic person he was like mm-hmm. he was like going to cancer wards and cheering up kids with cancer while he's like expiring from cancer like that shit's rugged mm-hmm. the entire cast revoiced their uh characters except for tom holland and that's probably because he was filming really john favreau plays happy in these yep Yep. I also I loved like the team that they kind of built up with this episode. I thought it was a really unique team. I wasn't expecting them to be there. Like with Happy and Okoye and I mean all of them. It was just it was a good time. Yeah, they had a good group dynamic. Mm -hmm. It was all it was all the team players. Like nobody um nobody in the group was a uh, loose cannon. Like they're mm-hmm. all team players and they're all sidekicks except for Spidey. Yeah. Oh my I God. Do, you're right. <laughs> I do want to clear up real quick. It is nine episodes for the season. It wraps up October 6th. Oh my. Wow. Okay. It was originally supposed to be more, but due to COVID and everything else, animation shutting down, they, they wrapped it up early. I think think is what it let me find it again i believe that's the reason uh, that makes sense it's unfortunate the pandemic has been such a pain in the ass for a lot of people yep rough rough i'd rather Gosh. get nine like finished and polished episodes though than like nine that are really good and then like a remaining like four or five that are just not up to par you know what i mean i'm mm. true for sure, for sure. God, what was your favorite part of the episode? How about you, Sarah? Oh my, I okay. I have to say the zombie Scarlet Witch was horrifying, but I loved it so much. It God, reminded dude. me of the witch from the game Left for Dead, the witch yeah. zombie. Yeah, and for it was, sure. Yes, and just seeing Vision kind of struggling with accepting the fact that he is like responsible for people dying because he's feeding her. He's the and human. Just, he, yep. <laughs> it's just yep. it was just it was so good. I just I love that part so much. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, he is the Marvel Universe's biggest simp. Like this fool, <laughs> like just lures people in to feed to his dead girlfriend talking about i don't entirely understand what i've done like oh okay bro that's a good like Like, good good fallback i'm an android i don't know yeah they have like the most codependent relationship it's like so toxic they're just like they just simp over each other and forget everybody else like meh who are other people what are other people (laughs) forget them like oh man uh, I did. I did appreciate the call. Uh, the callback to the zombie comics with T'Challa losing the the leg and you know needing crutches like in the comics. That was that was pretty well done. Yeah, I actually uh, I really liked the fact that he was like saving people and like feeding her bit by bit to like mm-hmm. lengthen the process. Like that's very vision. Like the cold methodicalness. Like. And that, I mean, and if you're being that cold and methodical, you take their leg first because they can't 
dip out that way. Yeah. You know. Also, it was um, Sarah. I am assuming you have watched WandaVision. Of course. Um, this it, it brought back those feels of how Wanda felt when Vision was dead, mm-hmm. and how it's very um, coinciding with Vision not really understanding mourning, but he's mourning Wanda and can't let her go, even though she's dead. He could have just like blasted her bits, but. They're, so, they're, just, they're just not meant to be happy in any universe. <laughs> no, that's very true. Very true. <laughs> this episode with, um, with Scarlet Witch in it did make me question if this actually has any relevance on timelines with the rest of the MCU, because we know that Scarlet is a Nexus being. So technically this should never have happened. I was very confused how she became a zombie because it's, Mm. it's the Scarlet witch. Yeah. No, well, okay. So Wanda Maximoff was still the Scarlet witch, Mm. but then, she became a zombie. So, I mean, like, the Scarlet Witch is still there. I've, still on the... The power's still there. She can still use it. I feel like Marvel is really gonna have to amp up their way of explaining Nexus Beans. Mm-hmm. Because as of right now, it's like, we know she's a Nexus Bean. We know that, like, Loki is not, because he has variants. We know that Peggy Carter is not. So it's the way they explained it is she is the same person across all timelines. She doesn't, whatever timeline she is in does not alter. I believe. Correct. They made it sound like there's like for every universe, there's like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know because they left it. They didn't explain it very well because, like, one interpretation is that she's the only one. She's the only, like, Wanda Maximoff slash Scarlet Witch. And, like, Nexus being means, like, she's the only one there is. And, like, whatever timeline she goes to, she's on that timeline. And there's not a, one on any other timelines. But then, like, another interpretation is that, like, the iteration of her that we've seen is like universal. Like every universe has that exact same version, but um, I don't know, but like, and how long does that last? Like, so yeah, she was born, she existed, she was the Scarlet witch and then she turned into a zombie. So like, yeah, you're definitely right. We need more clarification. Okay. So if we go from the clarification of the comics, right. And this is a huge pushway because they might not be going towards this. Nexus beings are rare individual entities with the ability to affect probability and the future, thereby altering the universal time stream. These beings are referred to as Nexus beings because they act as a keystone of the multiverse and are crucial to its ultimate coherence and stability. Basically, they can cause major branches. Hmm. 
And it so, sounds like they can fix them. So like, and we know that Wanda's going to be in Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So uh, yeah, it it could entirely be. That's. I think you're right. I think they're going to rely on Scarlet to, with Doctor Strange to fix the, the Nexus events. Interesting. It's interesting. The. I don't know. The trailer's making it look like Doctor Strange breaks the multiverse is like really weird in how it doesn't jive with what we saw in Loki. I feel I feel like it's a combination of Wanda becoming the Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange performing like that spell in No Way Home. I think mm-hmm. it's like everything kind of happening at once. Yeah, and so it, it caught like it literally causes a multiverse of madness because you have two people that have just broken, like this, like every everything just like hit the fan basically because of those two. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically the moment when Loki is in front of Kang and Kang stops and he's like, and that's the you know that's the event. It's like all of these time periods right at the same time just clicking and. I feel like Shang-Chi when he uh, during his movie has an event that possibly could have altered things as well. You That's know, right. Yeah, because the post credit scene, which we will mm-hmm. get to later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Was there anything else from... Uh... Oh, yeah. My favorite part of the zombie episode was when Bucky cut Cap in half with his shield. That was Oof. that was Feel. my favorite moment. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty epic. Uh, I was I was disappointed by Spidey Supreme not actually being Spidey Supreme. Nope, it wasn't even Spidey. He, like they packaged the toy is uh, marketed as like Zombie Hunter Spider Man. When mm. does he hunt a zombie at all? Yeah. Like they are running the whole time. Like I was like, that's funny. Okay. Not not what I was expecting from Spidey <laughs> based on like Spider Supreme and uh <laughs> Zombie Slayer Spidey. But it was still cool. Yeah. He was a uh, red herring. Yeah, right, right. I, I wanted <laughs> I wanted magic slinging Spider Man. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Oh man. Well, Curb your disappointment because the next episode was uh, even better, in my opinion. I uh, I was a huge fan of Killmonger saves Stark. Uh, what about you? Which one of us? <laughs> oh, you, Roy. You. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, this episode to me was as hard as it is to say after. Star Lord T'Challa, this episode was my favorite. So far, this episode has done the most for me, and it broke my heart that we didn't get superhero T'Challa. Or not superhero T'Challa, superhero Killmonger. I thought we were getting good guy Killmonger. It, <laughs> it broke my heart, but at the same time, it was like, yeah, this is this is what it needed to be. And <laughs> Like we like we said earlier with Tony Stark biting the dust in each of these episodes, I feel like it's just cosmic balance from him using the Infinity Stones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I will agree. I thought this was uh, my favorite episode as well. What about you, Sarah? What did you think? I was also kind of hoping that Killmonger would turn to a better side, but I also really liked like the constant like changing teams every 10 seconds kind of thing for him. Mm. Um, I thought that this episode was really, really well done. Um, apparently, Tony Stark just cannot live anymore. <laughs> he has to be killed off in every universe, which we've already discussed, but... I really feel like these episodes, I feel like they're just getting better each episode. I really feel like they're uh, they're almost like the characters themselves are more developed. And I just really, mm. it made me miss Killmonger. I wish he wasn't killed off in Black Panther. Because I'm like, damn, that's a good villain. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me too. I was really, uh, that was like my biggest disappointment with Black Panther was that they killed off Killmonger. But you know, he even had his speech where he explains why he'd rather be dead. So, I mean, I, you know, it's an effective villain. He served his purpose. Everybody is going to talk about him for years, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we yeah. did get uh, Thunderbolt Ross in this quite a bit. Thunderbolt. Wouch. Yeah. <laughs> always Thunderbolt Ross. He always has to show up to give Roy a little bit of uh, love. Roy loves some Thunderbolts, and he's excited I, for them to come to the big screen. I am. I am. I. We're we're gonna get it. It's either that or Dark Avengers, you know. And I would rather the Thunderbolts, honestly. Me uh, too. Especially with them with DC going with Suicide Squad, I feel Marvel's only step is to hey, look, we have one of those too. So, yeah. I agree. I agree. I feel like, I don't know. They made Zemo so different that they can't really use the original iteration of Thunderbolts where it was like Zemo and a bunch of villains in disguise, like mm. tricking people into thinking they were heroes. Um, I don't think they can really go with that iteration in the MCU, but there's like a bunch of different iterations of Thunderbolts. So it could be plausible, uh, there's one iteration where Bucky runs the team. So, I mean, yeah. he is still military. He could be uh, he could be in charge of a team led by Ross, like, as the overarching tactical officer and stuff, you know? That'd be interesting. Um, yeah, I, I really like seeing Killmonger back. He's one of my favorites. I really like Michael B. Jordan. Um, he had... <laughs> He had plans within plans within plans. He like double crossed six different people in this episode. It was uh, really interesting. Always one step ahead. Yep. Until he had to freestyle. I thought it was, I don't know. That was such a weird angle though for me. Like they didn't really build up his character at all in the movie as like mm. robotics type. Yes. genius type person like so just out of nowhere he happens to be like by the way i have this gundam that i designed well i mean do you Ooh. think that was just because like tony stark would naturally be more like attracted to killmonger in that sense i feel like vice versa i feel like that's why killmonger sought out tony in this mm. universe was to get those oh. built but like 
why Killmonger have like bots made? I don't like. I don't know. Why does he have these gun? This Gundam design? Because he, he likes, likes anime. anime. He said. I mean, that just confirms that his armor is made to look like Vegeta on purpose. So <laughs> that's cool. Um, he does say they they do discuss him going to MIT and graduating in the Black Panther movie, though. So, and I believe it was engineering is what he was you know, what they said his degree was in. So it makes sense that they would call it back and show a little bit more of that side. Okay, and, that's uh, true. you know, I, this was definitely a callback to Iron Man two also with Iron Vanko, I believe was his name. Uh, Whiplash. Yep. So I, I feel like they justified kind of, uh, Black Pan the Black Panther movie coinciding with Iron Man one, and then going right into Iron Man two, um, because we also got James Rhodes dying. Yeah, that was uh, that was that kind sucked. of a shock. That was a big twist, <laughs> and it was it felt like a double stab to see T'Challa's casket also, like. Yeah. That that hurt even more oh. than it was supposed to, because we lost Chadwick Boseman. For mm -hmm. sure, for yeah, sure. That was oh rough. man, it was uh, that was kind of rough. Man, hit him with that Sonic thing that he that uh, that was from the second Iron Man as well. That like Sonic amplifier that mm. he uses to like throw him into like seizures or whatever. Pretty pretty cool callback actually. That was like kind of a nifty thing in the second movie. Yeah, that was um, rough, though. I kind of wonder, since Chadwick was, you know, recording all this stuff while he had the cancer, you know, when they pitched this idea to him, and we're like, oh yeah, T'Challa's gonna die this episode. I wonder, like, what emotionally in his mind was going through when he heard that kind of thing. You know, it just, especially if he's already battling that, it's like, what kind of emotion, like, how do you push through an episode like this? You know, knowing, okay, I got to portray my character who is going to die and this could potentially be me soon. It's. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He, uh, his portrayal meant a lot to a lot of people, um, I feel like he had like extra weight on his shoulders and felt like he needed to not let people down. Cause I mean, he didn't, I don't know. He kept it a pretty big secret. He didn't really let anybody grieve for him until yeah. it was time, you know? Mm. Well, I, I think it was his wife posted on like Twitter. And I think that's where it like took off Instagram and Twitter was like the official statement that he died. And it was like, it took over like everything that day. Cause it was just so out of nowhere for like 99% of like people that were actively like invested in him, you know? And mm. it was just like, I just I can't imagine because he was also filming like live action with all of that going on too. I can't imagine like the physical and mental strain that had on him, and it really didn't show. 
No, not so much. There, well, gosh, I remember there were like tabloid pictures that came out like a couple months before he passed that like he was looking real skinny. And of course, the tabloids were like jabbing at him as they do. And then like when he passed, I like thought back on that and I was like, God, that's man, that's rough, dude. So he's like wasting away and you're like making fun of him for wasting mm -hmm. away like shitty tabloids man they uh they're pretty rugged sometimes there and i remember that too and it was like most of everything that i read was people being like you know he doesn't look well you know not because i think one of the tabloids was saying something about drugs and i was like that that doesn't make sense right you know yeah just from his activities outside of acting, you know, it, he was one of the actors that I could legitimately say, you know, well, that, that doesn't seem, you know, doesn't seem plausible, but I've been surprised before by that. So who's to say, right. I don't know. Yeah. Oh man. Chadwick Boseman, RIP. He was such a, He's such a good actor, <laughs> such a good dude by all accounts. How did uh, how did you guys feel about his after he saved Tony, and they came back during the interview, and um, they ask him, you know, the reporter who is played by the same girl who played her in <laughs> Iron Man asks him why he was there when his unit was 400 clicks away, he describes it. Tony says something. He goes, Oh yeah, I was there to stop an assassination. Cause I knew about it. Like, yeah, are you implying reveal... that he knew about the attack? Cause I did. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of that? Uh, that entire scene, how that played out. It felt really rushed. Like, <laughs> It was just like out of nowhere, like, oh, yeah, I knew because that man, it was like taking some from Iron Man 1, like, hey, your COO is kind of an asshole. <laughs> like, it just, it just felt like really rushed, but I know it was just like get that exposition out of the way so we knew why Tony trusted him so much. It was just mm. weird. It was just a little bit too, too fast for me. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was clever storytelling because they got to mention the 10 rings in two mm. different times, like so close to the Shang-Chi reveal, like release. Uh, so they like, I don't know, still a little bit of cross promotion there. Cause they got to mention uh, the 10 rings twice and kind of remind you that like the 10 rings was important in the first Iron Man movie and like quasi important in the third one. Um, but I thought, I don't know, I thought using that as the way that he got this info was pretty clever because, I mean, that's, I don't know. If you're embedded with them, you would have, like, caught on to that. And then, uh, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. Because I'm sure, like, if he's actually undercover with the Ten Rings and he sees this shit, that's what made it click. Like, oh, man, Tony Stark, I bet if I save that dude, he can build my robots for me. Mm. And, uh... It also brings you to gives you that thought that like oh if he was undercover in the Ten Rings that means the Ten Rings knows about him, he kills Tony Stark, 
he just did what the Ten Rings were trying to do, you know. And he's got all their technology. Maybe Killmonger was is actually in league with the Ten Rings, and now that he's got the Black Panther stuff, maybe it's like, you know, yeah. Ten Rings versus Black Panther eventually. I almost completely forgot that the Ten Rings was even like brought up because it was so like brief. I think Killmonger said it once. And then it was like never acknowledged again throughout the episode. I don't think. I think Sorry, he, I, yeah. like to- I like totally forgot that that was even brought up. I think he said it once, right at the very beginning of the episode, when he throws the yep. rocket. He's like, mm-hmm. "I'm here to save you." Blah blah blah. Ten rings, and then like during the interview, he mentions them again. So I was like, yep. "Huh." They went out of their way to like drop that a couple times. That and when the when he clicks that button and all the images pop up from Obadiah. Mm-hmm. It's the 10 rings symbol is like f- right in the forefront. I know. I mean, it's like huge and it's the exact symbol from the, the movie. So yeah, I thought that was a pretty funny line. Google it. I just dropped it online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got him. Got him. I, Happy I like knocks him out. Wham. Never liked that guy. It's like, okay. And he was so upset that he didn't get like chief security officer and he didn't know any of this stuff was going on. Oh. Yeah. Shit. Bull. That was supposed to be my promotion. (laughs) It was. Produce the mechs. And then, um, God, he betrays Rhodey. Mercs off Black Panther. That was a really cool fight scene, though, when Black Panther's taking out all those dudes. Uh, mm-hmm. Really cool interpretation of Black Panther. His movements were, like, very fluid, lightning fast. He was murking people. Ulysses Claw in this. I... Circus as this is... Mm-hmm. Um, they even got his, like, facial expressions on the cartoon, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. I really don't think anybody else could play Ulysses at this point. Because Circus just like he he does such a good job. I mean, it's just the voice, everything. I just it's so great. Yeah, this like yeah, this interpretation of Claw for sure. They uh they cast him really well. I wasn't a fan of what they did with him. Like, I don't know. He's cool. Like he's completely different in the comics, but um, mm-hmm. It's you know it's all it's all good. He's one of those comic characters that wouldn't really translate well into like real what? life. You mean no purple jumpsuit with you know a satellite on his arm? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. That the would purple be interesting. Underwear. Though. It was like a maroon jumpsuit. He had the purple oh, underwear right, on the outside. Right. <laughs> you're right. I really can't imagine anybody in like the MCU world taking a man that dresses like that seriously. <laughs> right? They barely take <laughs> they barely take each other seriously now. That's also very true. <laughs> Let's see if we got this real quick. There he is. Oh yeah. Oh god, that's right. <laughs> and the his arm is uh his arm is vibranium also. 
Mm-hmm. He's the vibranium arm, I think, would be like cool because he didn't have that, did he? In like the movies or in the what if? In the movies, he had this little thing right here. That's right. Like, okay, yeah, because I was like, I don't remember a full arm being vibranium. Yeah, no, it, it's like he had the prosthesis, and there's just a little bit of vibranium inside, but it's entirely a mechanized arm. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's fully flexing fingers and everything else. You know, th- that reminds me. Can we talk about how Claw gets a better robot arm than Bucky? <laughs> Like, I mean, Uh, isn't Bucky like a friend at this point? Like, wasn't that a gift to fight off an alien invasion? And this criminal got some better robot arm. I I think Bucky's arm is probably a lot better, uh, (laughs) simply from the fact that it's probably entirely made out of vibranium, and Ulysses wasn't, but. As for looking more real, yes, Ulysses won that. I mean, I, you know, give Bucky a blaster, man. He's still got to be using like M13s and AKs. Like, give this man he'll, a blaster. He'll just pick up Rocket and spin him around like he did before. It's easy. <laughs> I loved that scene. It was that classic. Was a, yeah. <laughs> God, so, um, I don't know. I thought it was really weird that like they load up all of these. So they make all these mechs for the army to go to war against Wakanda after Stark is killed by the Dora Milaje. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Um, and then they get they load up all these mechs. They fly off somewhere and just land and meet up with Claw. Like he's literally right there when they land. Like what? Mm. Isn't he? Shouldn't he be on the run after this whole like deal gone bad? Like I don't. Yeah, there there were a few hiccups, uh, writing wise. It seemed like that. I mean, it's plausible, but it's unlikely. <laughs> they land and Killmonger and Claw go missing, and the military is just like, eh. Let's still go on the attack, even though the designer of the things just went missing. This yeah. isn't a trap at all. Like, well, it's it's Thunderbolt Ross going. Those guys are trustworthy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this seems I'm putting like together Dark plan. Avengers. Those those guys are okay. They're gonna be you on know. the team. There's a cool fight scene once the uh, Wakandans started fighting the big robots. Uh, mm. That was pretty slick. What do you think, Sarah? I I liked the battle. I I wanted a little bit more of it, but I also understand that like the episodes are only like a half hour. But the battle scene was really cool. Mm-hmm. I liked to see I liked seeing you know the general, the queen, fighting. Which I mean I didn't really get to see her do much of. So that was actually really cool. Yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty badass. Um, <laughs> I liked I liked the shields. Uh, I liked the way all the dudes charge up with their shields, and then the Dora like leap off of them to get the height advantage. Uh, really cool tactics there. Then the rhinos. <laughs> Everybody likes the armored rhinos. Mm-hmm. It still wasn't a proper shield wall, but you know it's it was okay. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Give them credit though; they didn't uh, they didn't get outflanked. 
they they tried. They tried. It's okay. They gave it their best effort. They had jumping dragoons behind them. If you think about <laughs> it. Yeah, the Dora man, they are some of the best fighters on the planet. It's just I don't know, it's crazy how well trained they are. And the vibranium spears are just lethal weapons. They take out mm. all sorts of enemies. Yeah, and there were a few points during the fight that actually made me question it too. Uh, simply because they uh, state beforehand that the mechs are made out of vibranium alloy. Um, and vibranium doesn't cut vibranium, I don't believe. Yeah, I thought I felt like that was kind of a miss. I felt like that was almost like miss missed dialogue there like that mm. was weird like because originally it was they weren't made out of vibranium they just had that little tiny bit of vibranium to, to power. power them yeah so i feel like that was like what they meant but the way mm. they worded it definitely made it sound like yeah those things are made of vibranium they're basically iron man suits good luck cutting yeah. them like what I, it was weird it, because i saw when they started cutting them in half i'm like wait 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 what I get going for like joints and destroying joints on them and stuff and rip, you know, yeah, crowbarring the heads off, but it it just it really seemed odd. And didn't like yeah, and didn't Killmonger slice at the first? He sliced at that prototype like four or five times and didn't like cut off any limbs. So I mm. mean, I don't know. The door is just super strong, man. Without being super strong. Now, the Dora don't have the the purple juice, right? The grape Kool Aid. Not whatever that I'm they, aware of. I don't know what to call it. Um, so, are you talking about the herb that uh, the next Black Panther drinks? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. It's, okay. It's like the heart herb or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's what it's yeah. called. Yeah. Yeah, because it only is consumed by the one that will become like the next. Black Panther, like the Guardian of Wakanda, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And that was the plan all along was to be the new Black Panther. Oh, it's like yeah. what all the scheming and mechanisms was for. I'm surprised he didn't kill King T'Chaka. Like, I seriously, because he watched King T'Chaka kill his father. Well, now I, he's I, the, now he got the harder. Now he's the Panther. He can just do it. Well, he could, but he has to win over the people still. And he has everyone but Siri played. You know? And I mean, it's like... Seems like he's really good at chess. So I feel like he can get T'Chaka bumped off at some mm -hmm. point and make it look like somebody that he wants to take out did it. Um, he he was very Zemo this episode. He was a man with a plan, and he made it happen. Mm. I feel like he could do it again. True. I thought it was a good ending. They all they keep ending it on like almost like, "Hey, we're gonna do a sequel." Like yeah. I don't know. It was a good ending where uh, Pepper and Shuri are gonna team up to avenge Tony. Tony. Tony and T'Challa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Hopefully, we get to see that play out because I actually, I actually like that like teamwork type of thing with Pepper and Shuri. I think that would be pretty cool. 
yeah i think that's a uh that's like a fun dynamic to explore yes so hopefully we get to see more of that and zombie thanos that'd be pretty cool yeah that'd be <laughs> that would be a rough fight that'd be really cool gosh so that's uh that's what if basically um mm -hmm. i feel like we should probably start talking about some shang chi we've been here for uh, about an hour now yeah uh, time flies when you're having should fun we, should we do a, a rating quick you know we probably should uh, we didn't do a rating should. on episode five either. So, yeah, no, I feel like honestly, I feel like I gave both of them a 10. Like when I saw the zombie episode, I was like, this is my favorite episode so far. And then I saw this one and I was like, this is my favorite episode so far. Yeah, uh, no, I'm down for the ride. I like them. <laughs> uh, I feel like episode uh, episode five to me was probably the lowest episode grade I'm going to give. Wow. And that was, uh, I would probably give that episode a 5.5. <laughs> it was entertaining, but it just the story, the story, it doesn't feel like there was real story build up. It was just more action, 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 move, 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 move. So um yeah, I'm gonna give it a 5.5. <laughs> Zombie brains. Fair enough. Fair enough. I gave it 10 bites. So <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Out of 10, what would you rate this episode? I really, I enjoyed it so much because it was so different because zombies haven't really been in anything in the cinematic universe. So it was, it was refreshing in that sense, but I'm kind of with Roy with kind of the plot wasn't really developed as much as I was hoping it would be. I'd give it, a, I, I would say a seven. I'd give it a seven. Right on, right on. And then um, what about, uh, we'll start off with you for the Killmonger episode, Sarah. What are, how, many, how many ratings, how many spears would you give the Killmonger episode? Oh, probably nine. I, I, love, the, I love Killmonger so much. So seeing him and hearing him like, be back in the universe was just so good. And just, I love the Black Panther. I love Wakanda, everything. So it was like... Easily, I think it's the best episode that they put out. Nice, nice. What about you, Roy? I I would agree with Sarah. I'm going to give it a nine. It was probably my favorite episode uh, so far. Uh, I gave episode two a nine as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was a few um, errors that didn't sit well with me that kind of kept it from being that 10 but sure. all, overall it was an amazing episode and i felt like the storytelling in this one was much better cool cool i uh i mean yeah i give it i give it a 10 i liked it i was down for it i loved this episode i feel like that's kind of the general consensus everybody i've talked to was kind of saying that this is their favorite one so far um mm -hmm. It's a real testament. Everybody liked Killmonger. He's such a cool character. It's really cool seeing him explored further. Agreed. Even in a what-if setting. But yeah. 
cool, cool. Uh, so I suppose moving on, Shang-Chi was uh, really awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, I thought it was a really good standalone movie. Like You definitely don't need to have seen the other Marvel flicks for this one to click. Um, mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. just fantastic movie. Um, what do you think, Roy? Did you like it? Tell me your I, complaints. Uh, actually, no complaints about the movie. I I was on the edge of my seat the entire movie. It was a a Marvel movie for me. It wasn't a Black Widow Disney Plus movie. It was <laughs> a Marvel cinematic movie. It Lord. kept me going. It did. It it kept the roller coaster kept doing the dips you know it it would action story action story action story you know it kept me going yeah i feel, yeah i would agree with that what about you sarah what do you think like i had said before i think it's the best origin story that they have put out i think it's really refreshing because yeah it's marvel but it doesn't really it doesn't feel like the traditional marvel movie that we've kind of you know like we've kind of gotten used to like with all like mm-hmm. the comedic breaks and stuff like that i just feel like the characters like all of the characters were really well developed which for an origin story is kind of rare just because usually it's focusing on the main character and then like the side characters, they get a little exposition, but I feel like in this movie, everybody was like fully developed and polished. The visuals were stunning. The fight choreography was again, just spot on. It was so smooth. And like the villain of the story wasn't really a villain. If that, I mean, I mean, we'll get into that in a second, but it's just like, it was just, it's so refreshing. It's so good. I love it. I'm definitely going to see it again. So, Word, word. What up, Roy? I take it back. I do have one complaint. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> we are still following the standard Marvel pattern of the villain being the polar opposite of the hero. Mm. We have the that evil Ten Rings user against the good Ten Rings user. Well, that's true. They they did go with the uh, classic father, villain, son, hero trope. Uh, and that's, I mean, you know. I think it was done really well, though, because it wasn't just like, I, I'm, yeah, yes, it's the trope. It's the trope. But I feel like it was done in a way that wasn't exhausting, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Not just because, sure. I mean, I mean, can can we go into that? Am I able to go into that? Are we yeah, yeah, absolutely. Spoilers okay, okay. ahead. We are definitely <laughs> going to ruin this movie for you if you haven't seen it. So <laughs> I don't, I don't have a spoilers banner. So yeah, you get a verbal warning. That's yeah. It. There it is. Spoiler alert. So yeah, full on. Go ahead. Yeah, I just I feel it coming. He was his father was just grieving this whole time the loss of um, Shang Chi's mother. Because she taught him like this whole new side to living that you don't need the rings. And he actually got rid of the rings for a while with her. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like, oh, I'll get rid of them and like secretly using them behind her back or anything. It's just unfortunately what he did back then caught up. And I mean, she died as a result. So he's trying to deal with accepting that. And then, you know, 
he I think he's literally going insane because he's hearing those voices from the gate. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it was being like manipulated was a big like yeah. big twist. I thought that mm. was uh, unexpected and cool. Yeah, but I think that's why the 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 trope is kind of refreshing because it's not like he hates his son. He's like, you could never be like me. It's like I'm literally trying to save the woman that has like shaped us into who we are. Like, move out of my way. <laughs> like, yeah, true. He's just trying to reunite the fam. <laughs> yes, like they they're both trying to like save their family, but in a different way. And I felt yeah. like because of that, it was a really refreshing take on that trope. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. I feel I feel like that's uh, pretty, like, it's backed up by the fact that, uh, like, Wenwu definitely knew where Shang was the whole time and, like, where his sister was the whole time. But he's just, like, letting them do their own thing until he actually, like, needed their pendants. And then he's like, all right, now I need to, like, need to secure you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh. Gosh, I really, really liked it. It was pretty, uh, pretty funny intro. It had uh, the Ferris Bueller vibes with Katie <laughs> stealing the car and going on the joyride as the valets. Uh, uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, one of my favorite things was the he's got a post poster in his room of Stephen Cho's Kung Fu Hustle. And Kung Fu Hustle is an amazing movie. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Cho is known for doing outlandishly comedic Kung Fu movies like Shaolin Soccer and stuff like that, which I'm a huge Kung Fu movie fan too. So the exactly. fact that you have a comedic Kung Fu movie poster in a slightly comedic action superhero movie, irony. Yeah. I thought the pacing was really good, like you had mentioned before. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it definitely, like, the action sequences were uh, not few and far between, but they weren't overwhelming in their, like, length or how often you got them. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really, uh, the movie slowed down for a little chunk in the middle, but I don't think it ever actually, like, dragged at all. Um uh, a lot of revelations when you actually get to Kun Lao and Kun find Lao. out about is that what it was called or did it's, I say it's it not right? it's not Kun Lao. Kun Dude, Lao is Danny time, Rand's place. Yeah, the whole man. time I was thinking that. I was like, so is this supposed to be uh Iron Fist Land? But they didn't call it the right name, huh? <laughs> oh well, I forgot the name. But uh when they get to uh the gate town <laughs> I thought that was really interesting that the whole village is just like chilling out there, guarding this <laughs> evil from the world. Um, really cool backstory for Shang-Chi, um, mm-hmm. like the childhood, all of his training to be an assassin, uh, death dealer, another Marvel villain that they like played up that actually didn't really do anything in the movie. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm not a huge. Uh, I haven't read a lot of Shang Chi's comics, and I can't remember what the place they're trying to find. So I'm trying to find it real quick for you. Yeah, because yeah. we can't we can't call it we can't call it uh, Ten Rings Land or 
Kung Lao or anything like that. We Look have to it up. a real Lokan, name. Lokan, Lokan, something like that. <laughs> you would think. Yeah, that I really you. can't remember. It was something like that because I definitely thought that when I first heard it. The Wong scene in the Fight Club that was pretty dope. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about, club. if we're gonna talk about the fight scenes, I'm gonna go back to the bus with the Twitch streamer commentary. Yeah, that, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I oh my god, that okay. I was in there with my sister, and we just started cracking up because I've actually I follow people on Twitch, and it's just like it, the accuracy. <laughs> Of that whole attitude, <laughs> I thought it was great. And uh, that's up. the hot no, dog vendor, also. Yes, and um, Spider-Man: Far From Home is that right? Huh. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, same dude at the hot dog stand. He's moving on up. Nice guy. Yeah, he's on nice vacation. Catch. Yeah. <laughs> well, are they in New York at that point? Yeah, uh, this is San oh, they're in San Fran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bay City. What? They're they're in one of those coast cities. I don't know. Yeah. They all look the same. He's in San Francisco for a hot dog vendor convention. Um, <laughs> you know, they have those. Sense. The yeah. San Diego Hot Dog Con. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. It's where all the foodies go. At the um. Yeah, it was a really cool fight scene on the bus. Uh, was it a bus or a trolley? I'm not even sure. I think it was oh. both. Kind of like both, I believe, like a bus trolley. Because it had two sections to it. Yeah, and it had like the pulley, sure. the pulley system too. But I don't mm. think it was on tracks though. Because she was driving it like a bus. Yeah. Mm. Um, can I just point out that not once in the movie do they call Razor Fist Razor Fist. Um, we they legitimately don't call him that? no, no. We learn his name by his car and the sweet paint job on it. That's but uh, I I love the attention to detail in the train fight when uh, him and Shang Chi are going at it, and there's a moment where he reaches out towards Shang like he's going to punch him or something. And then he gets kicked in the face and his arm comes underneath. That's when the bus separates and Shang turns around. You can see the pendants go gone and you know, that's the moment he grabbed it because it was so well choreographed to him reaching out at that moment. Then him turning gone, you knew he got it. And it, it felt like there was a focus on the pendant during that entire fight. Yeah, yeah, they did a really good job of uh, filming the. Like, it's one thing to have the really cool choreography, but uh, you gotta film it properly too. And I feel like they did a really good job of framing like the pendant with the fighting, and getting mm -hmm. like Katie there, like looking all confused and cowering. Um. It was pretty good. Aquafina was pretty good uh, comic thank, relief. Thank you. Yes, I wanted to talk about her. Oh my god. She was great. <laughs> yeah. She's pretty entertaining. I don't know what it is about her, but like, I always get the like, 
dumpy grandma vibes from her. <laughs> I, it's just like the way she walks, like she walks with her arms at her side and they don't like move. And <laughs> she, she always wears pants that are like up to her navel. It seems like. <laughs> 80s I, style. I, yeah. 80s style. I, when I hear her voice, I just think, Oh, that woman's got a perm. She's wearing, you know, belly button high pants with, you know, low cut sneakers. That's funny. I mean, I guess you're <laughs> not like that far off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool fight but, uh, scene on the bus, though. Yeah, that was really, uh, was really slick. Really well. Uh, God, all the all the fight scenes were just insane this is definitely the best part of the movie to me it was all the fight scenes uh the storyline was pretty cool but i mean when you're making a kung fu movie it's all about the kung fu i did like how um they kept intermittently doing the flashbacks to uh shang's past uh yeah. and it seemed like every time there was a flashback his sister was just in the background she wasn't in the forefront she was in the background which is funny because like throughout the movie, as it goes forward, she's generally fighting in the background until they clash head to head at her bar. Uh, what was it called? Like the brass daggers or something. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> These are those details. I didn't catch my first time through and I only saw it this is the issue with watching the movie in a theater and not being able to rewind it right away. I know. Right. Uh, unless we're gonna go Man. and no, it was, uh, uh, watch it multiple times, which there's been movies that I've done that to. I went and saw Spider each of the Spider Mans like four or five times, but I was also going with multiple people. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Her bar was really cool, though. Like the underground Fight Club was badass. Uh, Mm. We get to see Abomination for the first time in like a long time. That was uh, very interesting how they're now pulling in. Kind of puts to rest the debate on whether or not the Hulk is canonical or not. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, pretty cool. Golden Daggers Bar or Club. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a good name, and they had uh, they had the same actor for. Abomination come back to play him during this. Mm -hmm. Ralph Fiennes, I believe. Um, can we take a second to talk about the Black Widow versus the Extremist Man? You you go past the the martial artist fighting the sumo wrestler. The next room is there's a Asian woman in a black jumpsuit and she has the widow belt and oh. she's fighting a soldier who is like lighting up red. I didn't even <laughs> see that. Good eye. No, I didn't yeah. catch that. I bet all of those fights are uh, Easter eggs. If you go back, probably, right I don't now. know how the sumo versus karate man would be, but it's probably is dude. That one gave me street fighter vibes. I like thought E Honda. <laughs> as soon as I saw that dude. <laughs> That's probably actually what it was. Uh, someone was probably, um, someone was probably really 
leaning towards that. Yeah, he's the one that really caught my eye, but the other guy in there is probably like another Street Fighter character. Mm. Um, what else happened? The, the scaffolding fight was very well done as well. Mm-hmm. I thought Wong um, was a badass, though. Like, using yes. the portals to make the dude punch himself in the face, like, that was oh, clutch yeah. and clever. But that's staged, apparently. Their fights are staged, apparently. Oh, yeah? We oh, got Thunderbolt. a Thunderbolt watch here because <laughs> the little portal he creates afterwards mm-hmm. looks like it's going back to a holding cell. So maybe mm-hmm. Wong is working for the government as a rehabilitative person. You know, maybe he's helping maybe. Abomination become more human again. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> What I love is that Wong has become one of the most beloved characters in the MCU (laughs) since his debut. People love Wong. Yeah, he's, I mean, they give him really good lines. He gets some really good dialogue. Agreed. Mm. Nobody's ever going to listen to him, though. (laughs) It's so true. He's so smart. Nobody's going to listen. Yeah, he's the voice of reason. And you know chaotic good people aren't going to listen to the voice of reason. They're going to try and do good things in like the worst possible ways. And that's our Marvel heroes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Wong has definitely become a fan favorite. Um, yeah, that scaffolding fight. Super cool. I was really, uh, really impressed. Like, the way they used like the, di- the height using the different levels of the scaffolding as part mm-hmm. of the choreography, um, making it a really mobile fight. Mm-hmm. That was a really cool thing about all these fights. They were really all over the place. They used, uh, they used their space really mm-hmm. well. Uh, I found the fight to be very reminiscent of like the old Jackie Chan movies, how yeah. Jackie Chan would like rumble in the Bronx and, uh, the super cop, super cop. Yes. Stuff like that, where he's always diving through ladders and then using the ladder to fight people or mm-hmm. is diving across counters and using pans. This was very similar to that with him diving scaffold to scaffold, even using a guy as a walking plank. Um, even, there was one point that he jumps down, he lands on one of the planks, the plank flips up and hits the guy that's jumping down after him. Um, it was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't think of a better way for that scaffolding fight to go. And they even threw in the tense moment with Aquafina hanging from a pole. Yeah. The bamboo pole, like splitting, a part that's like mm-hmm. <laughs> those I don't know that was I, you totally saw that coming though like that's such a such a common thing like oh no oh the like the damsel person. in distress type exactly. of thing exactly yeah, yeah yeah doing the damsel in distress like oh no I'm hanging from this thing and oh no it's breaking away from the wall <laughs> I just, I think that the fight scenes were just so well polished that like, yeah, that was happening, but it, it didn't 
bother me as much because it was just like I was on the edge of my seat with all those fight scenes. I'm like, oh my god, is he gonna get to her in time? Even though you know he's going to, <laughs> she's mm. not dead. So, how much of a plot twist would that have been if they totally Gwen Stacy her right at the beginning of the movie? Oh my god, that <laughs> yikes! He probably would have joined his dad at that point. Would have been like, got him. <laughs> Yeah, this is the only time we really see uh, Death Dealer do anything. Like all the, all the cool like fight scenes with him from the trailer were like right here in the mm-hmm. yeah on the scaffolding during the little getaway. He so was, was a, he was a red herring for a villain. Yeah, it's yeah. like I love doing people that. are going in expecting some big fight with him, and uh, he just, you know, he was. I would say he is the taskmaster of this movie. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very much so. And, like, Razor Fist sticking around. That was mm. unexpected. Like, I did not think that... I didn't think Razor Fist was going to, like, end up as, like, a redeemed character by the end of it. Like, really really interesting that they're going to keep him around. Because you know he'll be back in the next movie. Well, yeah, he's gonna be the him and John John, gonna be the two two rings of Shang's sister. I can't uh, think of her name now. It's like Zhang Ling, Zhang yeah, something, something like that. that. It, it's uh, it's been what an entire almost two weeks now since I've seen it. It's been yeah, out for almost been, two weeks. Yeah, a week or two. So yeah, for we're sure. We're a little late on this review, but bit late, bit late. It was a weird week or two. We uh, we were hoping Josh would have a chance to see it, but he hasn't had the chance to see it yet. But it's all right. Sarah's been a fine co-host. Very fun. Oh, yes. thank happy you. to have you. I I would definitely be happy with her coming back in the future, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, if you wanted oh, to, that would certainly be. Mad fun. <laughs> no, we'll get you in one time when all three of us are here. Yeah, sounds Definitely. like a plan. You can uh, you can join us in making fun of Josh like we do. Yeah, that's true. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> um, but Shang Chi, he beats Death Dealer. Like he redeems himself, uh, basically, mm-hmm. for all those years of abuse. And like he's about to murk that dude off when. Uh, the Mandarin walks in and saves the day for his little crony. Yeah. Takes, takes the kids home. I really liked the scene where uh, he plugs those Jade things in the statue and the water explodes from the wall. That, that was, uh, visual was really so cool. gorgeous. Yeah. So the Mandarin's name is, and I might mispronounce this, Tony when? Lung oh. L- Leong Chi yeah. Y. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. We're just going to call him Tony. Tony was amazing as the Mandarin. Yeah, I, he did a great job. They didn't even give him like a ton of like exposition of his evil evilness, you know? Every time I saw him, it was kind of he was kind of a relatable guy. It's like I'm doing this for this reason. I'm not doing it to be evil. I'm doing it because I'm trying to better my people. 
I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and well, then he's he like, was, go ahead. He was trying to, like, reconstruct his family. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole time. It was just like, it's hard to root against him. Like, you know the way he's going about it is wrong, but it's like, dang, he just wants his family back. You know, he's heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that he's just like hearing random voices. Uh, That was was such an interesting twist, like having him not be just purely bad. Like, I don't know. Like, I I guess he's still a bad guy, but I I guess his intentions weren't entirely selfish. Mm -hmm. I mean, I it's a complex character. It's like, you know, you know, he's going about it the wrong way, but like you also probably would do it that way if you were in his position, because he has the 10 rings, he has that ability to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Can we talk about the faceless chicken in the room? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. What? Yeah. Faceless chicken. The six leg, yeah, Morris. Ben Kingsley's character returns. Oh, Morris, yeah. (laughs) I did not know he was coming back, so like that was a shock to me. When, but like, as soon as you, like, it was a shock to me. I didn't know that he was in it, but then Mm -hmm. as soon as they were like locked up and you heard like the voice, I was just like, what? Yeah. Now a couple, (laughs) I believe it was a couple years ago. They. they they did a short called All Hail the King, and they have mm-hmm. it on Disney Plus now. And it's basically the Ten Rings men breaking into prison to kidnap him. And he's like this famous guy in prison because he tried to murk Tony Stark. So yeah. all of his credit comes there. But people know he's a joke because he's not actually, a, you know, some evil dude. He's just a a really good actor and they're like do the line do the line <laughs> yeah that was great that you'll never see me coming and <laughs> i find it i find it funny that uh the mandarin actually liked his acting so much that he kept him around as a court jester yeah it's like yeah that was pretty funny <laughs> i feel like it was fitting for his character mhm mm-hmm. Then Morris. Morris was Morris was interesting. He was adorable. <laughs> yeah, the merchandising. Like you could definitely tell he's gonna be a plush animal. I'd buy it. <laughs> yep. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So we did see a lot of mythical creatures in in this movie as well, like the nine tailed foxes. Yeah, uh, I definitely noticed those. Uh, I'm assuming all those creatures that we see in that place come from some sort of Asian mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, the terracotta lion dogs. You got those, you got the Phoenix looking things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kirin, I think is what they were is the dragon horses. Um, mm. I'm trying to find out what Morris was. Uh, I don't 
remember the name, but I think it's like a creature of chaos, which is weird because it's like it's purposely leading them back to the home to sow chaos in the uh, Talo, I believe mm-hmm. is what we had decided it was called. A Dai oh. Zhang. Okay. But they yeah. know... Hmm. Interesting. Stay in the pocket. <laughs> Stay <laughs> in the pocket. I actually thought that the man, like, okay, the Mandarin, the fake one, was better in this one than in Iron Man 3. <laughs> which oh, I feel like sure. most people would agree with. Mm-hmm. God, he was, he, yeah, he was really funny. Ben Kingsley's always, he's been, like, a really good actor for years. Mm-hmm. It's just fun seeing him utilized in, like, in such an entertaining way. <laughs> yeah. So the village, we had our montage. We definitely have to have a montage. We got our uh, fighting our, montage. Our superhero suit. Yep. Which... We we learn is actually made out of dragon scales. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty legit. And um, it, it makes you wonder how strong they are too. Like, could it take a shot from a bullet? I only one way to find out. Yeah, well. I mean, I I would assume <laughs> so. I loved um, Katie shooting with a bow and arrow and impressing the older man. <laughs> I thought I thought that that dynamic between the two is pretty pretty golden. It was just pure. It was great. She gets mm. so excited and she throws her hands up like, "Did you see what I did? Like, Dad, look at me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, she she definitely has a lot of good moments in this movie, and mm-hmm. I we're gonna go back a little bit to the beginning. Because one of the funniest moments is the grandma asking, when are you two getting married? <laughs> and it's like, that's that's like, like every Chinese sitcom that I've ever watched with a boy and a girl that are friends. It's like the parents always are just like, when are you getting married? Yeah. So I, I feel like that was a good throwback to, you know, Asian television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of influence from like martial arts movies, um, like Asian sitcoms, things like that. Uh, the influence and the passion was really there for like the culture mm-hmm. and all those things. And it's just, it's just so nice when it gets put together, and you can just you can feel how much effort they really put into everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I feel like Marvel really is going for respecting the material and respecting Mm -hmm. the cultures that they use to make the movies. And it's very similar to how they made black Panther and they really delved in. And it, it, to me, this and black Panther were two cinematic achievements of Marvel that will be very hard to top because of the respect they paid to the cultures. Yes. Right. Absolutely. I feel like it's important to, I don't know, it's important to make movies that are like not focused on white characters. There's a lot of, Mm. (laughs) there's a lot of focus on white characters. So it's always refreshing 
for like other people to see themselves represented. So, all right. If there's another cultural hero out there, who do you want the Marvel cinematic universe to bring in next? We're getting her Kamala Khan, man. We're getting her miss Marvel herself. Kamala Khan. Okay. Sarah, anyone? I'm, that actually, you can I'm think actually with Jeremy on that one. hundred percent. I'm so excited okay. for that. I, I was going to say, I want a puck movie. I, <laughs> I want, I want alpha flight from Canada. Uh, I, Captain Canuck. Yeah. Wendigo. Let's go. That's just what we need. More we white need... characters. No, they're, they're French. The they're French. <laughs> what color do you think French people are? They're uh, all white All characters. colors? But all those characters are white. Alpha Flight's super white. Uh, I doubt they're going to... They they wouldn't whitewash that movie. They'd bring in actors of every kind. I mean... You, you don't have to be white to be Canadian. That's, they've that's got the Native American superhero named Shaman. They could do that. Yeah, um, they could do that. I want to see Luke Cage be brought into the MCU. I know he had his own Netflix show, but I really want to see Luke Cage again. I miss him. And that's entirely possible with what they've mm-hmm. been doing lately because we are getting uh, Joe Berthanel. Berthanel? Berenthal. I can't say his name either. We're getting him back in Moon Knight, I believe. And supposedly Charlie Cox in Spider-Man. Yeah, I if Charlie Cox is in that, I'm gonna lose my shit. And then I'm we're so getting excited. um we're getting Kingpin in the Hawkeye show. Possibly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Vincent I forgot about that. He's supposed to show up in like the sixth or seventh episode. Mm-hmm. Now they're That's bringing enough. back the same man that played Kingpin from the yep. Netflix Daredevil series, right? Oh, thank God. Okay. Vincent D'Onofrio. He was yeah. so good. And then I know there, he was perfect. And then there's rumors that they're bringing back uh, Jessica Jones for She-Hulk. I would love that so much. I ship that they were uh, they're like besties in the comics, so that would make sense. Well, I uh, feel like they need to bring those characters back in general because, like, I mean, those shows were actually really good. You know, they, they were. Um, I would be fine with them recasting Iron Fist, though. Yeah, I, that I, was probably was that not, was the weakest one. Yeah, I was not too impressed, and like, there was rumors that um, the actor wasn't like all into his training for martial arts scenes and stuff like that. And that's why some of the, the first season was kind of lackluster with his combat. And then it did improve the second season, but you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a toss up. I would be fine with them getting a different Danny Rand. Can we get Steven Amel? Can we just steal that guy? Steve, Stephen Amell. Yeah, yeah, right. Ollie Queen. Yeah, can we just steal Ollie Queen? No, no, you can't have someone that well known. He'd be a good Iron Fist. (laughs) No, because I, I feel like you have to have someone kind of scrawny to play, um, Iron Fist, because it's more of a 
a kung fu wushu type of martial arts. And Stephen Amell's got more of that. He's not like super bulk, but he's not he's not lean, like super lean. Like yeah. I would expect more of a body type like Simu Liu. I'm going to get the name. I'm going to get it right. You got it. <laughs> he is determined. So, I I would I would be fine with that. Keeping everyone but Danny Rand. Yeah, I just when it always just it it's a little annoying, triggering almost that they just don't care about the project they're working on or like putting in that effort. It's like, mm-hmm. especially when, when Iron Fist came out, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was already, like, so developed. It's like, you know what you're getting into. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Right. You know? For sure. For sure. It's like, it's like Gwyneth Paltrow, whenever they interview her, like, like I don't know. I've seen random, like, shows with her, and she's, like, not even sure what movies she's in. She's like, no, I wasn't in Spider Man. John Favreau's like, no, yeah, you were, you were in Spider Man. She's like, was I? No, I was in Avengers. I wasn't in Spider Man. And he's like, oh my god, you were in, uh, <laughs> like, so she doesn't even know what Marvel stuff she's in. She just like shows up, films, gets a paycheck, dips. She like could care less. She doesn't know what a Marvel is. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> What's a Marvel? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um something we found out is Shang-Chi was not affected by the blip. That's right. Word. Yep. So was, I mean uh, there there was that him and Katie both didn't didn't disappear. Right. Well, and, suppo- and apparently like neither did his sister. Yeah. Yeah, because she she didn't she aged up as well. Um. So there is also the Battle of Talo, the the last fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, lot of CGI in this fight. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. That, um. Go ahead. A lot. No, no, I was agreeing. Like it was a lot. <laughs> So I, I find it I find it funny because like the big boss fight, you think you're getting Mandarin versus Shang, and then it's a tussle, and then Mandarin like just takes off towards the door. And like he he hadokens Shang into the water <laughs> and then jumps across the water himself. And just starts pounding, knocking on the door. He's knocking on the forbidden door, you know, oh, which yeah. I, I find is funny because that's our, uh, there is a thing called not, uh, knocking on the forbidden door with, uh, new Japan pro wrestling. You know, it's when any, any time a promotion is, uh, trying to get like a crossover, it's knocking on the forbidden door because they're going to come and kick your ass basically. So it's, I don't know if that had any relevance in this situation. I don't think it does. And I'm just, I'm talking, Hmm. I'm talking now. I mean, 
You can cut that part out, Chip. I might. I'm confused. <laughs> Just cut out that whole like two minutes. Jeez. Yeah. Oh man. It happens, man. We ramble. That's what we do. So he Hadoukens Shang-Chi into the water. <laughs> As one does with their child. Right? Eat him. Eat him on out of here. Uh, and then, I don't know, the great protector. Like, that was weird. That was weird. Like, I thought they were going to be doing uh, Fin Fang Foom, like, from the trailers. But, like, at the same time, he was way the wrong color to be Fin Fang Foom. So, yeah. I mean, it was an interesting note, though. Um, like, I thought the great protector was weird. That was a weird angle. But kind of necessary, you kind of had to have that deus ex machina mm-hmm. to uh, fight off the massive goddamn Cthulhu that breaks out of the mountain. Mm. Like, oh my god, dude, that Cthulhu was so, like, awesome. <laughs> it looked good. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, yeah, the designs, I think, for the Great Protector and, you know, Cthulhu, god of death, man thing. <laughs> I forget what it's called. The, yeah, but, Dweller in I, the dark. Thank yeah. you, yes. Much simpler name, but I think that the the designs were really good. He even had a Cthulhu name, dude. The Dweller mm-hmm. in Darkness. Dude, <laughs> I feel like that was definitely a deviant. Um, it was definitely our first like look at what the Eternals have been fighting off. Keeping think it, it out of our hair. I think it's more of a Far Realm thing. Like Cathan uh, or... Oh, there's so many of them. Um, Cthulhu being one of them. But Doctor Strange deals with a lot of these things from that dark dimension, not the far realm, I should say. Sure. Um, The dark dimension has all these creatures that come through, like the tentacled beast that we see in What If and everything. I think that's what this is, is something from the dark dimension made its way into reality, and it's trying to eat everything. I don't think it is related to the Eternals. I don't think it's a um, a variant. Uh, what do they call them? Deviant. Deviant. Yeah, I don't think it's that. Um, mainly because, like, the deviant you see in the commercial looks more like their magic. How it's all how do you explain it? Like wavelength formed, like it's tendrilled together. This looked like it was one creature with just tendrils, like for (laughs) tentacles. Hmm. Um, I'll see if I can find a picture of it. You guys keep talking. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Um, Dude, the little, like the little creatures flying out and stealing souls. That was, uh, that was disturbing. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Like, Death Dealer just got murked off without any sort of climax to his character. Yeah, I mean, I I do want to talk about um, Shang-Chi's, his, his dad's death, because mm-hmm. I don't know if either one of you have seen the infamous zombie movie Train to Busan. Have you guys I actually seen have it? not. I yeah. highly recommend it because, okay, I hate zombie movies i have watched it now two times 
it is really, really good. But the reason why it reminds me of that movie is because at the end of Train to Busan, uh, spoiler alert, it's about a dad trying to protect his daughter who he was very distant from because he was like the businessman. He was too busy to invest into family. Well, you know, kind of hits the fan and he does die. But during his final moments, he's remembering his daughter and like realizing like, you know, that was like the point of life, like being a dad for him. And that was like the greatest moment. And then like right before Shang-Chi's father dies, it's like parallel. He's remembering those moments with his son and just looking at him like, I'm sorry. And it's just like, I almost started crying in the theater because I'm like, oh my God, that was really emotional. They didn't even like say anything. Like I thought that was really well done. Yeah, that that scene definitely talked about the heartstrings. It was mm-hmm. uh, very emotionally charged. Yeah, but if you haven't seen Train to Busan, it's not Marvel. Sorry, I'm breaking I'm breaking protocol here. But if you haven't <laughs> seen that movie, highly recommend it. It is really really good. Yes, there's subtitles. It's you need to see it. It's so good. No, I've I've definitely heard like really good things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not gotten around to watching it. It's actually like on my list of flicks to watch. Um, I hear it's really good. It's incredibly good. It's like you're going to be on the edge of your seat. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to have moments where like your jaw hits the floor. You're probably going to cry a little bit and that's okay because it's really emotional towards the end, but it's so good. Now I've got to watch it. Yeah, you need to get on that and then get back to me because it's it's a masterpiece and I'm upset because they're doing they're doing their own train to Busan here in America. They're remaking it and nobody asked for it. <laughs> What's it gonna be? Train to Portland? Like, come on. Train to Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, at least it's always sunny there. Oh my god. <laughs> I walked into that one. I will say, now that I'm looking up images, the, the Dweller in the Darkness doesn't look anything like the comic book version. Oh, uh, I, I have I will share this. Okay. It looks like Cthulhu in mech armor. <laughs> That's an interesting image. Oh. Yeah, like a purple-headed or a blue-headed uh okay, <laughs> blue-headed Cthulhu creature. That's all right. But it's a vibe. Okay. There's there's no I can't find any actual um pictures from the movie, but here's more akin to what it looked like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. It didn't um, actually cuz the image you just showed us, he had like actual arms, didn't it? Yes. Okay, yeah. And legs, and it, it it's like Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but an octopus on it. Oh, that's oh weird. God. Uh, so here's the Dweller in the Darkness from the movie. Now here is the Eternals Deviant. All right, mm. this is what I mean by like sinew, like strands, like it's weaving together. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's part of the reason I don't think that it's linked to the deviants that that creature in the movie was more muscle toned and looked like it had normal skin 
well, as much as you know a uh, dark dimension creature could have normal skin. It must exfoliate. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. I, I mean, there's different types. Like I don't know. That is an interesting know. design change. Like, like that's look a up, huge difference. Yeah, like look at Crow. Mm. Like, dude, Crow, like I don't know, man. He's got all these tentacles hanging off of him. Yeah. I I think I think the I think the deviant part might come more from the rings. I don't think it actually has to deal with the dweller in darkness. I think the Dweller in Darkness is more of a magical Doctor Strange type of situation that the rings just got drugged into because they had the power to break the door. But the rings, I think the beacon they give off from the mid credit scene, mm-hmm. right? I think that is what attracts the, the Deviants. And then that attracts the Eternals, right? Like, that's kind of the tie-in? Yeah, I should... Because the Eternals is the next big movie to come out, right? Logical. Yeah. Mm, um, Yes. November. That's right. And then we get No Way Home in December. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Multiverse of Madness in 2022. March 25th. March. I I only Let's know the go. date because it is my son's birthday, so oh. I have to go to it the day after. <laughs> Word. Word. Nah, I go to the midnight showing. I'll probably take him with me. It's an early birthday present. That's right. <laughs> Has nothing Bring to do with bag. work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that the dragon scales... Um, were like the only effective weapon. Well, it's because they're magical. It's a magical creature. They like say that. Well, I also think it makes sense because don't they come from the great protector? See, they never expressly said that there may have been like more. Yeah, because before. But, yeah, uh, because I was trying to think about it because I'm like, they only bring up one dragon, but they don't say that the scales come specifically from the Great Protector. So I'm like, yeah, did yeah, we have another one? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, maybe because they do only expressly mention the one dragon, but mm-hmm. hmm, because know. it would make more sense if it came from the Great Protector because it's like the yin to the yang to like the dweller in darkness. So it would make sense. That it's the scales another... would would like be the only things that kill them. It's like another way that it's protecting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those ten rings are pretty awesome. The interpretation that they had was like really cool. It, it's vastly uh... different from what the comics are. Yeah, dude. They effectively turn whoever is holding them into a superhero. Mm-hmm. It's... Mm. It's nuts. That a really and cool power set. I think it was Kevin Feige that said uh, Shang Chi is on the level of Hulk and Thor when he's wearing those rings. Okay, I can <laughs> play it. Kerr. I mean, like, he, he has the Kamehameha now. I mean, yeah, he does. I'm just like, 
I'm just like, that's vastly different than they were in the comics, but all right. I mean, uh, there, there's a decent amount of things in the MCU that are different than the comics. Let's just, let's just accept that and move on. For sure. This is one of those, like, yeah, this is one of those wild steps away, like Ulysses Claw. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. So there are, there are what's known as the God Realms in Marvel Comics. Talo is one of the gods realms. So uh, the creatures of Talo are roughly on the power scale of the Asgardians. That would make sense because of all the mythical creatures in the gate and the great protector there. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And they are, it is home to celestial dragons. Oh, dragons. Okay. Plural. But we only see one. Because we're well, the only scales in one using are red, and the one we see is like white. Well, um, Shang Chi's sister, her outfit wasn't red scales though. Yeah, it was it silver. Was yeah, word, silvery blue, word. Good catch, good catch. Hmm. So I thought it was really cool um, when he like <laughs> that. I don't know. That Kamehameha blowing up the uh, <laughs> big bad. Like, that was pretty nuts. I thought it, that whole sequence was pretty good. It was. Uh, I did like the... It seemed very smog and barred to me. The, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the dragon basically stopped by a single arrow, you know, from draining the soul of the celestial dragon. Yeah. So really, if you think about it, Katie was the MVP of the entire movie. Oh, for sure. She saved the day. Yes, but RIP her mentor, though. That was sad. I was kind of expecting all the souls to start, like, coming back to the bodies after they blew the thing up. But uh, <laughs> That's how we get zombies. Not... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's how it ties in. Do you <laughs> want zombies? Because that's how you get zombies. Um, what else? There was there's something else about this scene that was really good, and I had it in my head, and I just I just lost it. <laughs> Take your time. Normally, I'm more on point, but it's been My sister clutched it. It's two weeks <laughs> is just killing me. I feel like I'm totally forgetting, you know, an entire section of the movie. And I know we're, I know we've covered it pretty well. well. I thought it was really, um, I liked when the 10 rings actually like decided, well, when death dealer gets his soul sucked out and razor fists, like let those guys go. We're on their side now. (laughs) (laughs) He like breaks off a spear and puts it on his fist. I was like, that's cool. Clever girl. Yeah, he's dual wielding at that point, too. He's got a sword and offhand. Yeah, Razor Fist ended up being like a really cool character. I liked him. Um, After credit scenes. Mm, Okay, here we go. So you get Bruce Banner. Yes. And you get Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers isn't on the world. So... And then she's immediately called away, you know, after she talks and they say, 
they ask him how long his father's been wearing them, which we get thousand years, you know, mm-hmm. roughly. Then we get, um, she says it's not Cree. I believe she said it's not Cree or what did she? It's not Shatari. No, Bruce said it's not Shatari. Mm. She not said Shatari, it's not Cree. It's not Xandarian. Mm. They basically said it's unlike anything they've seen before. So it's a whole nother ball game with this one. Yeah. Ooh, maybe Ooh, they're going to make it Uru. The like God metal. Hmm. Possibly. I mean, maybe they maybe they're going for the dragons being the aliens, like Fing Fang Foom was. Um <laughs> I can't remember. It's like Shikar or something like that. All we know is that it kind of set off a beacon when Shang-Chi used the Ten Rings, like all together for the first time. That it's almost like the rings were like alive and they were pulsating, mm. like a heartbeat is what it looked like to me. Yes. The very the differences in styles. Mm-hmm. Um Shang-Chi fought with love, whereas the Mandarin fought with vengeance. Mm-hmm. Uh and once again goes back to the Chinese origins of the open palm and the iron fist. Yes. You know, and you see those two different kind of like styles. So the question is, what is it signaling? Like, that's the big, (laughs) the big question of the night. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's definitely like the beacon that they are talking about in the Eternals trailer. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I definitely think that. I mean, obviously, it's tying in to Eternals. Like, I think they already kind of alluded to that before the movie came out. Mm hmm. And that's de- that's what made me think that the dweller in darkness was a uh, deviant. So I guess like I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see. The rings in the comics are McLuhan, which is what Fing Fang Foom's race is. Weird. He uh he ransacks, uh, the Mandarin in the comics ransacks a, uh, a McLuhan starship with a slumbering dragon in it and gets the Ten Rings of Power. And that's how he gets his powers. Interesting. That's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gosh. And right on. So that was the uh, first after credit scene the second after credit scene was uh them sitting in a restaurant with their friends talking about how they saved the world and the friends just definitely not buying it hmm. that's pretty funny i was fully expecting shawarma shawarma <laughs> mm. they just like i don't know but then wong out of nowhere opens up a portal in the middle of the restaurant like that's got to be so jarring for everybody it's eating was One that dude's... the post credit scene or was that like the... That's the mid. Yeah. Oh, that was the mid? Yeah, the that second. The so like the final post credit scene is with his sister back at the compound. Mm. She sits on the the new throne and it mm-hmm. pans out and you see John John and Razor Fist and then it gets to the courtyard and you have the 
the courtyard full of women assassins being trained. She's basically and, just starting over. And then it pans out further. I thought it was great that they have um, graffiti drawn all over the the building at that point. Mm-hmm. Like they have artists outside painting this. She's she's creating the golden daggers in the ten rings. Yeah. I mean, huh. if you if you already have the base set up, don't don't waste it. You know, hardly I... anyone knows it's there. So. I think I must have left before that one. I don't think I saw that one. How oh do you my leave? God. How do you leave a Marvel movie before it, they just turn off the screen? <laughs> you're just you're pointing across the room at your SO. That one. Yeah. Chip, I, so, I don't uh, want I don't want to say kick like, her uh, to the curb, but I feel like know. I did feel like I had to dip after that first post credit scene. I don't uh I don't think I stayed for the final one. Whoops. I'll have to watch it on this copy I have. <laughs> huh. And YouTube's taking us down. We'll see. <laughs> Man, should we um gosh, should we close it out with that? How many rings do you give the movie, Roy? <laughs> I give it nine shiny rings. Nine shiny rings. I'm gonna give it a good solid. Uh, I agree. I give it a solid nine rings. What about you, Sarah? I would say nine. So nobody gives it the full ten rings. Try again, Shang Chi. See you next time. Jeez. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Solid twenty-seven. That's a good rating. It's a good rating. It's a great it is. Movie. It, I enjoyed it. It's one of the better movie ratings we've given in a while. For sure. For sure. So. Well. Our time's getting long. I feel like we should probably close it out with that. Uh, it was a lot of fun having you here, Sarah. Uh, if you're if you're down, we'll definitely uh, have to bring you along again sometime. Um, yeah, of course. It was great being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Roy, as always, fun arguing with you. <laughs> oh, we didn't argue much this one. No, we got a long. Uh, we we are we, uh, we, we argue more when Josh is here than when we're together. <laughs> that's true. I I think Josh is just an instigator. He's the king. I think that's what's going on. It's true. It's true. He knows what buttons to press for each of us to get a rise out of the other one. <laughs> right on. Well, gosh, it was uh, it was fun, guys. I don't think. Uh, I don't think we're leaving you with a trailer tonight. I think we're just going to wrap it up. Uh, I'm Chip. I'm Roy. I'm Sarah. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we'll see you next time, you marvelous monsters. Thank you for listening to Marvel Canon Madness. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Marvel Canon Madness. Send us your questions and theories on Twitter at MCM underscore pod and on Instagram at Marvel Canon Madness. Watch and chat live at twitch.tv slash TMA games or youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast. Marvel Canon Madness is a twist my arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. 